Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural Demon Land podcast. Hopefully, the first of many. And joining me tonight is um, is Grape Viney. How are you? I'm very good, Andy. Uh, great to hear. Uh, great to hear a recap of that song, that great song from the eighties, uh, "Come On Demons." Yeah, do you... and listening uh, listening to the music, I could just picture the uh, the blonded hair of the Phoebe's and uh, Todd and Jay Viney, yeah. Andy Lovell. Yeah. So lots of uh, lots of good memories from the late eighties there. Do you recall uh, when that was done? That probably was eighty eight or eighty nine, I think. Yeah, yeah, eighty nine. Um, is the year stuck in my head whether that's wrong or not I'm not too sure maybe one of our many listeners out there will have the uh, precise date and can phone it in yeah so I'll give everyone the phone numbers if you do want to call and contribute to the show because um, obviously doing this live uh, we want to have some audience interaction with us so um, if you want to give uh, us a call on the show two ways you can do it uh, get on the landline or your mobile um, 03 um, Nine zero one six three triple six. That's zero three nine zero one six three triple six. Or you can Skype uh, Demonland thirty one. So just search for Demonland thirty one. You should find me. Do a friend request. I don't even think you have to do a friend re- request. You can just um, you can just hit the um, phone button and um, yeah, we'll get you on the air. Um, and I'm just seeing in the chat room someone. Someone said they hear us loud and clear, which is good. Thank you, Demon Jack. Uh, Bobby Clark says nothing so far. Um, well, I'll just tell him to um, to hit play on the um, on the on the on the player <laughs> on the site. Um, yes, yeah, so we were that talking. W- that would help. That, that would help. You got to press play. Uh, we're not just going to uh, come on come on live. So. Um, yeah, we're talking about the Come On Demons. Do you recall what that was? What that was for? Was that some marketing uh, thing? Was it? Yeah, I anything? don't think it was anything in particular. It was just, um, yeah, I think just a, a well, the club was sort of maybe freshening up its image and doing something which at the time might have been considered cool. Uh, you know, I'm, I can picture most of the video in my head right now, and it'd be decidedly uncool now. Um, but yeah, I don't think it was done for any particular purpose other than just to sort of generate, you know, uh, gener- generate a bit of interest and excitement among the, uh, among the faithful. Yeah. Because now that I think about it, it from the video, uh, footage of it, um, there's footage from the grand final in 88. So it was just trying to, um, you know, play off, um, you know, us being on the rise at the time, so... Yes, it'll be interesting to see a, you know, a current version um, of a team song done by, uh, you know, there's plenty of lads, uh, plenty of lads down at the club now, so, you know, some of the young boys, and the one that stands out, particularly for those of our listeners who are on social media, um, is it's worth following Jaden Hunt on Instagram, uh, it looks. It seems like Jaden's just sort of coming out of his shell, and he's started posting some rather, well, strange and interesting, um, uh, and very out there videos. He's got a thing for chocolate milk, 
um, and I think the brand he likes is Nippies, and he does all these strange Nippies promotions where he sort of shouts and screams into his video. So, I see he's... Uh, if if you are on Instagram, worth following Jaden Hunt for sure. So he's producing his um, he's producing his own content um, rather than he just is. playing someone else's Yes, videos. he is, and I guess that's uh, well, that's that's in in tune with the way social media sort of runs these days, isn't it? But uh, post-game on Saturday night, he did a video of him miming to I Feel Good <laughs> and was sort of dancing around in his chair. So he's, he's uh, sort of got a bit of bit of spunk about him, Jaden Hunt, I think. Well, Jaden Hunt, um, uh, a plug for, for Demon Land, where we're from. Uh, he is one of the players that we sponsor. And um, I'll have to ask him about um, these videos the next time we... Um Next time we have a, um, next time I meet him, um, got to meet him at the um, season launch this year, and seems like a guy with a, a good head on on his shoulders. And um, yeah, he was very enthusiastic. He was um, he was quite. Uh, my nephews came, and you know, he was talking to them, asking them questions. Um, yeah, so really good. Uh, yeah, quid. he looks like he's enjoying himself, doesn't he? He looks like he's enjoying his footy and uh, being at the club. And I think that you could say that you know, applies to, to all the playing group at the moment. They all really seem on the same page. Yeah, and speaking of that, um, the game this week, um, yeah, what, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in depth, but uh, quarter time, what were your feelings at uh, when the bell rang? Were you, uh, were you uh, in doom and gloom times? Were you, <laughs> did you have yet? I was trying to stave off the, the doom and gloom. I thought, you know, I thought well, 23 points down. And I thought we'd played pretty poorly up until that point. So I think to only be four goals down, um, you know, it was gave us sort of some sort of hope that, you know, we weren't out of it by any stretch of the imagination. And I, I thought the first quarter seemed to be an extension of the um, of the game, the, the final pre-season game against the Eagles. We looked very fumbly, um, missed a lot of targets, and it seemed that, that that sort of continued on into the first quarter um, against St Kilda. But then, you know, they came out after quarter time and, uh, uh, you know, it was a totally different team, basically. See, I thought during the first quarter, uh, particularly the first half of the first quarter, I thought we actually played really well. We just couldn't couldn't kick goals. We couldn't get the score on the board. So I've, before they kicked their couple of goals, I really thought we should have been up by a lot more than we were. Oh, we were only up for a little bit at one stage, but uh, there were a lot of missed opportunities. And then, then when they sort of let loose and kicked like sort of three, four unanswered goals, you know, my head just dropped, and I was thinking, uh, nothing's changed. We're still the same old, same old, same old Melbourne. That MFC SS uh, really was sinking in to me. It's hard to avoid that. Um... You know, even uh, even the strongest uh, strongest and most logical minds can't help but slip into that mode, I suppose, especially when you concede a few goals quickly. But um, we showed last year on a few occasions, um, and we did it again on the weekend, uh, we don't mind um, if we're down a bit. Um, we showed last year quite a few times that we can come back you know, we conceded the first seven goals to North Melbourne in round two last year and then kicked the next seven in the second quarter. So 
um, I think we need to sort of move on from, you know, the slitting of the wrists that, that invariably, you know, people feel compelled to do it at quarter time because you can be a few goals down and as we saw, especially in the third quarter on the weekend, uh, you know, you can kick five goals in five minutes and it's 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 game on again. Yeah. So, Well, as a uh, Melbourne supporter who's uh, spent the last 10 years, um, you know, sort of following the club, uh, it's very hard not to fall into those old habits and um, it's going to take a bit of convincing uh, to get a lot of us, you know, off the, uh, <laughs> to get us, a lot of us off the floor um, and out of that way of thinking because part of last year, even last year, there were quite a few games where, um, games that we lost, but we gave a team a couple of goals head start and then came back, but weren't weren't able to win and it was always well if we you know if we only hadn't have given them a head start we might have won so hopefully this team this era this coach can really drum that out of the players and you know let's not give teams head starts because we did it this week as well yeah we did although you're right what you said before though we actually we started okay against St Kilda and did uh, did a lot of things right probably just the final execution and sometimes the ball handling um, sort of let us down when we were going forward. So, And that, that then, you know, enabled St Kilda to, to then kick a few in a row. But um, going back to what you said about MFCSS, Melbourne Football Club Supporter Syndrome, uh, for those of you out there who, who aren't familiar with the acronym that's used regularly on Demon Land, do you... Uh, do you, Andy, visit the match day threads during the game? Are you? Do you ever read what people are posting on Demon Land uh, while the play is going on, mm. or, or in breaks between the play? Well, not while I'm at the game. If I'm at if I'm at the game, uh, which I if there if the game's in Melbourne, I invariably am. Um, no, I don't. Um, I don't follow it at all until like after the game. I sort of read the the you know match the post-match thread uh, but if the game is interstate and I'm on my couch then yeah I've got my phone in my hand and I'm pretty much following along I don't always uh, post during the game I'm usually uh, putting out fires of people who are trolling each other and and stuff like that which you'd be familiar with too uh, but um, yeah it gets it gets uh, it gets very dramatic in those match day threads doesn't it I, I'm like you I don't uh, I don't pay any attention to it if I'm at the ground but um, if I'm watching on TV, I, I might not might not um, uh, call it up during the game. But at, at quarter time, I'll usually um, go and have a look and see what's being said. And I tell you what, it, it, my blood pressure goes through the roof um, when we're losing, and that's not because of what's happening. It's on the field. It's what I'm reading <laughs> in those match day threads. Um, There's a and lot I of think, doom uh, Yeah, people get. Um, it's it's very melodramatic in there. Well, uh, it's uh, I would say sometimes it's warranted uh, because of what we've been through, um, and hopefully, with our you know with the team being on the rise, if we can maintain you know the momentum and we can string a couple of wins in a row, and you know sort of be you know have a much better than fifty percent um, you know strike rate. You know, maybe there'll be less negativity, um, but that's going to come with, uh, you know, the boys have to back it up on the field and give us that confidence back. Yep, yep, that's right, that's right. 
So the game on the, you know, what did you, um, who were your standouts um, from the game once we did sort of, we gained the ascendancy in the second and third quarter? Where, where did that come from? Um, you know, there's always an impetus for this type of thing. So what's your... Look, um, Big Max was, was one, of the, one of the key factors, obviously. I think he really got on top in the ruck. And, uh, you know, we then really got first use of the ball. Um, and it's, he just seemed to dominate, particularly in those second and third quarters. And all of the mids benefited from that. Um, probably um, Clary the most. And, you know, as you would have seen online and in the match reports um, following the match, I think everyone has recognised that Clayton Oliver's a really special talent. And he just... Uh, well, his the numbers... Um, on their own, uh, pretty extraordinary. You know, he's racking up, uh, uh, racking up the kind of stats that you expect from a ten-year veteran, rather than a kid that's played fourteen games. Um, so, you know, I think it was hard not to be, uh, hard not to be completely wowed by his uh, uh, his performance on the weekend. Thirty-six disposals, uh, fourteen of them contested. Um, uh, five marks, uh, nine clearances, and seven tackles. Um, I mean, that's just a, you know, that's just such a comprehensive and thorough performance in every way, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, uh, that uh, comes out to 122 dream team points for those uh, fantasy football uh, uh, watchers. And um, yeah. I'll, uh, I must say it was very, very impressive. Um, it was a career high for him, I believe, particularly yep. the Dream Team uh, aspect of it. And it was actually the first time in 14 games that he scored 100 points or more. And I'm willing to bet um, bet the house that that's going to happen quite a few times uh, this year. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if we have a year where we win 16 games, and I'm not saying it's going to be this year, but if we win 16-plus games, he's going to feature quite heavily um, on, uh, on that last uh, Monday night of the year. He's, uh, yep, yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And we've just already seen in 14 games, I mean, all most of his work is really good, but there's been a few sublime moments. There was that um, gather on the, on the wing against Hawthorne last year where he then sort of, virtually picked the ball up with one hand, spun around and dished off to stretch, uh, surrounded by three hawks. Um, and then again, we saw against St Kilda on the weekend, uh, the fabulous handball um, uh, to Jones, uh, who then goaled on his left foot um, in the third quarter. Th- that was... And- that was fantastic, that piece of play. They, I actually watched uh, on the um, – I follow the AFL on Facebook and uh, they had a little pr- a program that, um, that Gary Lyon hosts and, and that uh, Barrett, Barrett guy. Um, and they showed some footage of that piece of play and they showed – well, they were, trying, they were sort of showing how that St Kilda – you know, how bad St Kilda were in that play because they had six or seven players around the ball – to our three or four, so we were quite yeah. outmanned. But Maxi got it down to Clary. Clary just knew where the where he, you know where his where his teammate was, and he put it. He didn't even look. It was a look away over the head handball, 
uh, straight to Jonesy and, you know, it was just a ripper of a goal. And uh, Petraka did a few of those as well, those just handballs out of nowhere. Yeah, and just on Clary, there was also a great pick-up in the second quarter where he sort of gathered it um, inside the centre square and then set off a chain of handballs, which finished up with Sam Wiedemann uh, running in and, and kicking a goal on the run, which was also just... He just looks he looks the real deal, doesn't he, when he's around the footy and when he gathers it and, and gets it out. Yeah. Oh, and... and uh, oh, well, I should turn off my notifications. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to get those beeps. But, um, yeah, he, look... Yeah, how how old is he? He's not even twenty years old yet. Um, he's played, uh, you know, just over half Four a dozen times. half a dozen yep. games. Um, I can only think he's going to get better and better. And um, is he the best young talent at the club? I think almost he is. Uh, well, look, you got him, and then you got a guy like Petraka, and they're two completely different types of player you'd have to say but well who, who's in the conversation oliver's in the conversation yeah. the tracker's in the conversation mm-hmm. you'd have to say jesse is in that conversation yeah and just we'll just sidetrack to jesse at the moment i'm loving the fact that they're throwing him into the center every now and again and i know they sometimes do it at the beginning of the match to stuff up the matchups of the other team uh, particularly the defensive matchups, but I've been loving him. They put him into the middle a few times, and there was one time I think it was in the last quarter. Um, which way? Oh, yeah. Well, it was either the third or the last quarter, and he went into the middle. He went up to Maxi and he whispered something to Maxi, and sure enough, ball goes up. Max he to runs Jesse. Into, yeah, Max to Jesse, and that was just beautiful. And so I'm loving Jesse getting involved in the middle of the ground every now and again. I think it's a it's a good move by the coach. And going back it, it to is, the, the fact that we've got um, Wiedemann and Watts up forward um, yep. probably gives Goodwin you know the flexibility to do that, and that there's still targets to kick to yep. uh, when when Jesse goes into the middle. But his his agility and his mobility is really really good. And he gets the footy. Yeah. Um, he had uh, uh, he had three clearances, laid four tackles on the weekend, yep. and got quite a few touches when he was in there. So, um, you know, he's a good user of the ball as well. So, um, he's great below his knees, and he's just he he's well suited to to that kind of role, and it just mixes things up a bit um, every now and then, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, and I think uh, on that point on Wiedemann being there, I think they've just got to keep playing him um, and he'll find his role uh, in the team, particularly as Jesse goes into the middle every now and again. Yeah, I must admit, I um, after watching the replay, I, look, I thought Wiedemann did okay on the day, but I noticed quite a few things on the replay that I hadn't seen live um, being stuck up in the, in the heavens at Etihad <laughs> Stadium there. Um, and he's 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 also um, a good user of the ball. He's quick with his hands, and he does he's, he does clever things. And I think uh, I don't think there's any. Well, I was pretty confident coming into the season that he'd play most, if not all, of the year. And I think that you know um, what we've seen from the preseason, uh, playing all three games there, and then being selected in round one. Uh, he'll continue to play. I don't see any reason why he'll go back to uh, 
go back to the twos now. Yeah, and I said it to a mate on the day. There was a few times he went up for marking contests. Um, there weren't easy marks, and he, he didn't take them. Uh, but I said to my mate, um, once he starts holding those marks, and he will as he gets a bit bigger and stronger. He got close a few yeah, times. Yeah, a few times. He? He, he really did. And I would just said to my... He was in the perfect position yeah. and it almost just, yeah. He when was... he starts holding those marks, uh, look out. So we, you know, I've got an extra weapon in that forward line and it's going to make us uh, harder to beat, I think. So going back to, you said those guys, who's in the uh, conversation for those, you know, best players, uh, someone in the chat room, um, uh, Danelska mentioned uh, that Brayshaw's got to be in that conversation, and yeah, I've got to agree, um, you know. He's... Look, Brayshaw, it's, it's, and it just goes to the depth of the talent that we've got now, Brayshaw's a, an excellent footballer and is going to be a, a good footballer, if not a great footballer in the future. Is he as good as the other guys that we've mentioned, Oliver, Petraka, um, and Jesse? Maybe, maybe. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a really big fan of him. Mm. Um, it, there are some that have criticised him. Uh, I've noticed on on Demon Land, um, particularly sort of going into the year, people said that he doesn't have great awareness. Um, some think that he's not a great user of the ball, but. I reckon he's going to be an A-grade midfielder. Uh, I think he's got it all. He'll get there. He, he runs the, hard. He finds the goals as, w- goals as well. Um, not yep. in the, particularly this game, but last year I noticed a few times as well. So, yeah, someone, uh, the chief in the chat room said he uh, thinks that uh, Brayshaw's a rung below Oliver, Track and Hogan, and maybe he is at the moment, but uh, it's not such a far... Um, step it's not below, it's not so. such a big step and he's the rung that he's on or that he'll get to is is going to be of a very high level um it's just uh yeah when you sort of compare him up against those other names maybe he's half a step back as we say but he's look he's mighty talented um and i, I think he's a great user of the ball and i think he'll get more of it as we go along and uh, Bobby Clark in the chat room said that uh, Gus will fly under the radar and it's not a bad player to have fly under the radar because if they're going to start tagging, you know, one or two of our players, um, it means that they're not, you know, if opposition teams, it means they're not being, you know, putting on, you know, the forward pressure. They're, they're not, uh, they're trying to be defensive yeah, rather than going defensive minded, yeah. And then you have a guy like Brayshaw who will step in because he's not being tagged and he'll tear them apart. Um, yeah, look, you know, uh, Jack Viney was reasonably oh, quiet on the weekend. Yeah, forgot about him. And, uh, you know, we, the midfield has such depth now that, um, you know, even if one or two of them do have a quiet game, there's enough of the others that will step up. So, you know, um, Clayton might not be dominant every week, no. but in the weeks that he's quiet, Jack Viney might push ahead. Yeah. Um, so... There's more than enough depth now that, uh, you know, if a player or two has a down day, um, the uh, it still shouldn't impact the overall, um, you know, the overall effect. Now, um, talking about uh, depth, where do you fit uh, Dom Tyson uh, in, the, in the mix? Well, he'll come back this week. Uh, by all accounts, I, I haven't read Justin... Um, Platt's report yet, I think it came out today, 
but uh, I think I read somewhere that yeah. he had 16 inside 50s and had two a pretty goals. good game on the weekend. So he kicked two goals arguably, well. arguably he would have come back in any way. Yeah. Um, but he'll certainly come in with Bernie um, being suspended this week. Uh, look, Dom Tyson is best 22. Um, yes, he's had a late sta- start to the year and he wasn't great in the West Coast game, um, but many others weren't either, and it was his first game back, so expect a bit of, uh, expect him to be a bit rusty, but uh, he'll come back in and he'll stay back in, I would have thought. Um, and look, someone somewhere is going to get squeezed. Um, you know, Bernie is best 22. Um, and then the conversation turns to someone like, you know, Alex Neil Bullen. Yeah, I was going to start um, bringing up the uh, forward brigade because we've got a, quite a few uh, forwards that um, yep. we can't fit them all in, obviously. Um, so count them on. Well, you know, Dean, Dean Kent Dean is... Is arguably back in contention um, this week, and I'm a big Kent fan, and yes, am I. would have uh, certainly in, in my pre-season team would have had him best 22, but and maybe you still do. But Mitch Hannon had a, yeah, well, a really good game on the weekend. Yeah, I mean, did you see? Yeah, obviously, you did. You were at the game. Those goals, but did you see them in the replay? I mean, he had seconds before, from the time the ball got into his hands to it got to his foot, and he just knew where the goals were. You know, yeah, they and it flipped. hardly got into his hands. It That's was right. more. It almost spun on his fingers for half a second. Yeah, um, they went flukes. Uh, those goals. There, he knew where the goals were. And that's a good sign from a kid playing. Well, he's not a kid because he's a, he's a little bit older than uh, I think he's nineteen. Is he? Yeah. No, no, he's twenty. Sorry, he's twenty. Uh, twenty two. I think twenty two. Yeah. So you know, he's not a kid, but uh, you know, it's his first uh, first game of footy. Um, in the big big league, so um, I was very impressed with him. So you got him, you got Neil Bullen, um, Garlett's obviously in the team. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's he's in there, regardless. Uh, yeah, I'm a Jeffy fan. Yeah. So uh, uh, what what do you do there? Like, <laughs> I think it's well, a good, it's a good problem to have. This is first world football problems. Yeah, it it is. They're the problems that you want in footy. Um, look, Neil Bullen's the interesting one because, um, look, I, I'm probably not his biggest fan or haven't been his biggest fan. I thought, you know, he's he's probably uh, on the cusp or outside of the starting 22. But he played, you know, he, he did, certainly played his best game for the um, uh, for the seniors on the weekend. And that's what you want, isn't it? You want to make it hard for... You know the players who are uh, coming back from injury, or in Bernie's case, suspension. You you, know, you want selection headaches every week, and uh, if if guys like Neil Bullen, um, James Harm, uh, oh, James Harms, and, um, James Harms and Tommy well, yeah. Bug, yeah, and Tommy um, Bug, yeah, got uh, You know, are all playing great footy. Then, then we've got selection issues and. Uh, then, then you start to have real depth, don't you? That if someone is injured or suspended, then you've got someone who can come in, and um, you know you've got you've got complete confidence that they're going to do the job that uh, do the job that's required. And not just that, it makes the players that are in the team it makes them really want to keep their spot because if they know that there's two or three guys lining up uh, ready to take their spot, they you know well they should be 
giving their all anyway, but it's really going to give, uh, you're really going to give it your all, particularly when we're sort of, um, you know, if we start winning, we're going to be pushing for finals and you want to be playing in September. You don't want to be playing down at Casey. Yeah, well, you end up sort of worrying about your spot, isn't it? Don't you? Because, uh, you know, you feel that um, if you do lose it, then it's going to be hard to get back in. Um, and sort of, you know, I think going into the, you know, if you looked at the uh, at the demon land thread on everyone's best 22 for round one, where there were a lot of question marks. Um, I can't recall the last time we had such an unsettled team, and I mean unsettled in a good way. Was Spencer going to play? Was Peterson going to play? Uh, you know, Nev Jetter and Joel Smith. Um, so there are a lot of those sorts of questions and it'll be answered in the coming weeks. Um, they're going to need to find a replacement for Joel Smith this week. Um, well, we'll talk about, I, let's talk about yep, that can, for a second. No, we were going to talk about that. Well, before we talk about the, our back line and um, potential issues with injuries and stuff, um, what did you think, uh, going back to the Spencer, Gorn, whether they play both play them, uh, what did you think when Maxi initially went off? I saw him actually run off. I saw him sort of, you know, clutching his back a bit, and he ran straight to the rooms. Um, you know, my my heart, you know, was in my uh, in my throat at that that stage, and I was thinking, oh my goodness, you know, what's <laughs> if he goes down? Yeah. What's what's going to happen to us? Well, look, um, Spencer's a, a really good backup. Um, he's no Max Gorn, but no. he's he's pretty solid. Um, so you'd like to think that you know, God forbid, if something did happen to Max, then Spencer can go, can come in and contribute. Um, uh, you know, uh, and uh, and hopefully um, uh, keep things going. But um, I, I thought Jack Watts actually did pretty well in the ruck. You know, I don't he wouldn't have. Wouldn't have won a lot of tap-outs. Um, I'm just seeing whether we've got the stats here. Uh, yeah, I've got uh, Watts had five hit-outs. Five hit-outs. So, you know, not huge numbers, but I thought he competed. Look, he competed well last year in the ruck. Um, Peterson's also um, does a serviceable job um, giving Max a chop-out. So, um, you know, I can't see... Uh, I can't see Spencer getting a run at the moment. I yeah. would have thought it worked pretty well on the weekend with Jack um, and would do the same if, if Peterson was, was sort of in the same in the same boat, really. So I, I think he has to... What um, Jack has to do is provide a contest in, that, in the ruck, you know, and I think our, um, you know, our on-ballers have to learn to... Um, to start sharking it off opposition ruckmen and maybe just in those times when Watsy's in the ruck that they're paying a bit more attention to their man and, um, you know, trying to get trying to get the ball another way. Like sometimes <laughs> opposition players uh, take the ball, uh, you know, sort of look to where Max is uh, tapping the ball because that happens every now and again. Yep. Yep, although it's, they still weren't able to stop us no. on the weekend, were they? No, we no. won clearance after clearance in that uh, second and third quarter especially. Yeah, it was like um, they really are getting to know each other, Max, and our on-ball division. Um, it's really it's really a nice uh, sight to behold. Um, yep. Back line, you know, we lost, we lost Garland in the uh, pre-season and now we've lost Smith 
Is there panic stations down back yet? Uh, well, if you read some people on Demonland, it's always been panic stations down back because a lot of people don't have any faith whatsoever in the McDonald brothers. Um, Tom, of course, has copped a lot of stick over the years for his disposal, mm-hmm. and now uh, Oscar's uh, copping it for much the same reason. And, uh, um, you know, I think um, uh, I don't sort of subscribe to that. I reckon both are very good players. Oscar's obviously still learning and will get better as he gets bigger and stronger, but he's already doing a pretty good job. Uh, the question is... Um, the question is who comes in to replace Smith. Uh, Frost apparently was listed as available on the um, on the latest injury update, but I would have thought he'll need to yeah. uh, play Casey first. I, I can't see him coming straight back in. Um, I can't see Goodwin playing someone you know who's underdone. Could be wrong there. Um, so then who who comes in you know is it um is it james harms well i guess it depends on what they what the coaching staff see as being the key matchups uh for carlton's forwards this week yeah um, i think i was just going to say i think wagner is also listed as available but um i think also he'd need to come back mm. probably through casey wouldn't he yeah and then how, how there far, might be different reports about whether he's available well, or not. I thought he still had a week or two well to go. And um, that's another point we can talk about, and I'm sure we'll talk about it throughout the year, is, is the injury list. Um, how reliable uh, are these injury lists that are put out by the club? But, you know, you sort of have to weigh up. And from the club perspective, they've got a way up of being uh, how truthful they are to the fans, to how much information they want to give to opposition clubs. Um, so you, you can't always read everything into what the uh, injury list uh, says. No, I, I don't pay much attention to it, and I don't even really uh, I don't watch Misso's injury reports either. Uh, or injury updates that he gives on the club. I'll, I'll decipher what I need from what people report on Demonland. I don't think you can really have any faith in that, but, you know, that's the way it needs to be. The club needs to, um, you know, it needs to keep quiet about some things and you're never going to get, uh, uh, you know, you're never going to get the full story. Um, and I, I don't know why people expect that they would. Yeah. Um, Bitter but optimistic in the chat room has asked, hey guys, are you going to answer questions and comments from the chat or is this separate to your podcast? I'm a Luddite who doesn't understand this stuff. And yes, if you've got questions, um, ask away. I'm sort of keeping an eye on the chat just to um, just to see what you guys are saying. Um, so, so BBO is a Luddite? He's a Luddite, I yes. thought he'd be a, uh, I thought he'd be a, a technical whiz with these things, <laughs> you know, surrounded by devices... Um, of, uh, you know, all the latest variety. <laughs> well, guys, if you've got a question, go for it. Ask in the chat room. Or better yet, guys, don't be shy. Call the show, 03 9016 That's 03 9016 I love that. I noticed I I there that Bin Man says, I wouldn't believe anything that Chuckle Miso says. <laughs> So Bin Man's not uh, not falling for it. No, uh, you guys and, can Skype. Oh. And Palace D's also uh, says 
injury list not true, what about <laughs> Santa Claus? So I think there's a fair bit of scepticism out there in Demon Land. Oh, definitely. Uh, you can also catch us, uh, get us on, if you Skype, uh, Demonland31. So, um, yeah, give us give us a call. Um, let us know It'll be what great you to think. hear from uh, from some of our, our regulars on the board. Yes, de- most definitely. That's, uh, that's why we've put this together. We just want to uh, meet fellow uh, Demon fans. Um, so, yeah. Tell us whether you went to, went to the game on the weekend. Yeah. I, I had a bad experience on the weekend. Oh, I, yeah. I got there about an hour early. Yep. I went up to level three uh, on the city side and as is always the case with St Kilda home games there, they've even got the first ten rows of level three reserved for their members. So no matter how early you get there on a general admission ticket, you're always uh, always at least halfway back, um, which makes it very difficult to see. And then to add insult to injury, I was seated next to a moronic St Kilda supporter who insisted on calling their players darling throughout <laughs> the entire game. So it was, uh, kick it long, darling, kick it long. Go in, go in, darlings, go in. I take it it was a female you were sitting next to. It was to. a female. Okay. And the other thing that she did that was um, infuriating was, you know when St Kilda kicked a goal that came up and said on the scoreboard, great goal. Yes, Come on, Saints. Yeah. So she read that out after oh. every St Kilda goal. Um, and she wouldn't say those words until they appeared up on the scoreboard. So and uh, it was, I mean, she was idiotic in the extreme. And as I say, infuriating, but I must have been infuriating myself because at three-quarter time she got up and moved seats <laughs> to get away from me. So... Um, I'm wearing that as a, a bit of a badge of honour, I suppose. Yeah, that, that's my goal every week when I go to the footy is to have the person sitting next to me leave, <laughs> even if yes, they're related to me. Absolutely, um, absolutely. So, that, mind you, you couldn't do that at Windy Hill and uh, and Victoria Park. You had to had to keep quiet at grounds like that. Yeah, it's a shame that you know going to the footy is not a life threatening experience anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, that's right. We had plenty of. Uh, Plenty of nervous journeys to those grounds in days gone by. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, I absolutely hate that ground. I'm glad we've, you know, our hoodoo of that ground has been broken. And no, I don't count the game against GWS late in the season a couple of years ago. Um, This was actually a breaking of the hoodoo, I think. Um, Yep, old man Rivers agrees. He says Eddie Had should be bulldozed. Yeah, I I have to agree, old man Rivers. Uh, it should be, and everyone who went there um, would have lost about ten kilos in that hot box. Um, it was it was sweaty in there, wasn't it? I was sweating the whole game, um, and it wasn't just because I was nervous that we were going to blow our six goal lead at any stage. Um, it was genuine um, sweat from um, the humidity in there. Yep, absolutely. I, and look, there was this issue, I think, because the following day they had the roof open. So I thought they'd settled on a policy of always having the roof closed there, but hmm. maybe they've revisited that. Well, they might have. Isn't it, it. isn't it incredible that, you know, the two main grounds in Melbourne, Eddie had, is, you know, what, 20 years old, I think? Yeah. Um, uh, in, it opened in maybe 98 or 99. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's 20 years old and it's already, you know, outdated and useless and soulless 
the positioning of it is is bad in terms of the light and the shade. Yeah. And yet the MCG, where we've been playing football for five thousand years, <laughs> and yes, it's had its uh, it's had facelifts in the stand, but um, she's still in good working order, isn't she? Oh yeah, oh, definitely. Um, particularly, I mean, out the, where we sit, you know, in the um, in the northern stand or the, the old Olympic stand or whatever, um, you know, it's pretty pretty nice there. Level, yeah, Got level a lot more two room. in that uh, in that northern stand is is pretty much the best mm. place to watch footy, isn't it? It's just at that perfect height where you can uh, you know you can really get an appreciation of the full ground. But you're still very close to the action, and and uh, you know at, at a good uh, at a good level. See, I bought um, I bought some tickets before the game because I was going with my eight year old daughter, so I didn't want to have to sort of on the day try and find seats, and I probably paid through the nose for them. Um, but I had the choice of sitting either on the wing on the ground level or sort of in the forward flank, forward pocket, um, one level up. And that's where I chose to sit because I don't know if you've ever sat on the bottom level of Etihad, but it's possibly the worst vantage point of view a game. Because yeah, the, the, I don't like it down there. That's why I got to level three. There's no. a bit of a hump um, in the middle of the ground, and you can't even you can't see the 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 feet of the players on the other side of the ground. Um, so yeah, I I sort of stick away from uh, stay away from sitting on the on the bottom level at Etihad. Um, yeah, well, Bin Man, um, I noticed he um, got reserved tickets for twenty dollars, and he says he was stuck under concrete <laughs> and boiling. So uh, it looks like um, we don't have too many happy campers out there. No, we're and not. look, I agree with Old Man Rivers, who's just commented that the G is the best stadium on the planet. I watch a lot of sport, um, overseas sport, as other yeah. Demonlanders would. Uh, whether it be the NFL or European soccer. And there are some good stadiums out there, but there are very few stadiums in the world that have the same capacity as the G, um, up at 100,000. I think the, the new comp does in Barcelona, where Barcelona play. But most of the uh, most of the European soccer stadiums, the big ones are about 80,000 or 60,000. Um, and... You know, a lot of them have uh, have sort of running tracks around them, so there's quite a distance between the fans and the playing field. And you know, when you consider the um, uh, you consider the facilities at the G and the view that you get from most seats, um, it really is. Uh, you know, and I try to take off the uh, rose-coloured glasses here. It really is one of the best stadiums on the planet couldn't couldn't agree with that that more yeah it certainly is uh, a fantastic place to uh view the footy and we are back there next uh next week and um yeah i can't wait to be back in uh, our, our area back sitting in you know my own seat I, I don't like to think that the seat i sit in the next day is being you know sat in by some collingwood mongrel <laughs> but well, it, yeah, it it's happens nice. occasionally, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it'd be great to get back to to the G. But speaking of going, just quickly back to Eddie Had, we actually are there quite a few times this year. Um, we're going to be back there in a couple of weeks, or well, next, or not this week, the next week. We're playing Geelong, and then I think we play the Bulldogs um, there again later in the year. 
Well, we are unbeatable <laughs> as Eddie had at the moment. Yes, you mentioned Goodwin's that. got a Goodwin's got a hundred percent coaching record at that ground, so it's going to take a mighty effort to knock us off at a uh, stadium which we play so well at. Yes, who would have thought we'd ever be saying that? Mm, most most definitely. <laughs> So, guys, if you want to call the show, uh, uh, we're going to start talking about soon. We're going to we're going to go into next week's game. Uh, if you want to give your thoughts, zero three nine zero one six three triple six. It's not a free call, but uh, it's close to it. Or you can Skype Demonland thirty one, and that definite most definitely is free. Um, you can download the Skype app to your phone, or get on your uh, computer and download Skype and. Uh, you can be calling us and uh, talking to us right now. So, um, yeah, back to um, next week's game. Um, well, before we actually talk about next week's game, Whispering Jack wrote an article this week, um, and he um, probably laid out the best, um, oh, well, the best reason why we have MFC um, supporter syndrome the MFCSS, because we have an... I'm not sure if you're aware, but we have a really abysmal record um, in round two, um, particularly the last 12 round twos. We have not... Um, we have not won once in round two since... What, since 2005? Uh, since or 2000... And s- oh, where do you say it? 2000... Let me go back. Yeah, 2005... Um, April 2nd, 2005, uh, before a meagre crowd of uh, 13,000 um, at Telstra Dome, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is our favourite ground. Which is Colonial Stadium. Yes, that was the last time we won. So 2005 was the last time we won in a round two when we beat the Bulldogs uh, by 20 points. Um, we then fast-forward... Um, to um, to April 8th, 2006, and um, we lost to the Bulldogs by 47 points. Um, But in round one, we had lost to Carlton just the week before, um, but, you know, then made up for it and won quite a few on the trot and um, made the finals for the last time. (laughs) Well, the round two loss that everyone will be talking about um, is obviously last year's well, loss when we we'll um, when we took on the Bombers and got rolled. Uh, that game sticks in a lot of people's craw still, 12 months on. Well, um, I, I think it sort of almost mirrors the situation, I mean, particularly prior to the game, which we're in now. I mean, you would have thought going into that game last year that we were going to just roll them. Um, you know they were undermanned because of the uh, you know drug scandal. Um, we should have, by all intents and purposes, uh, have rolled them. And what happened? We we didn't. Is this same going to happen? Is history going to repeat itself? No, not for mine. I think we're actually going to thrash Carlton and thrash them comprehensively. Um, and look, I'll just uh, just to butt in. We've got some breaking news which has been passed on by. Bin man who says that there's an article up on the Herald Sun website which says Max Gorn is happy to consider a contract extension at the end of the year. 
and is wedded to the idea of playing out his career at the Demons. Yeah, I, I can't so, see him leaving. I, I well, <laughs> I won't say I know Max personally because we're, uh, the fam- my family sponsors him and have since he got, came to the club. But he just, uh, you know, I, I know I know him as well as just having a chat with him every time we have one of those functions. So it's not like we're we're BF, BFFs, but he takes he seems like the type of guy that's extremely loyal and will play for this club forever. Yeah, I think I think he mentioned last year that he really grew to love the club while he was injured, basically, and when he was doing his. Uh, you know, gone in 60 seconds or whatever that segment was called. I think he sort of said that that was the time where he really became uh, a D's person, if you like. And as you say, it'd be it's hard to see him going anywhere else, um, really. And uh, look, the um, the administration have done a really good job of recontracting all the young players. Um, you know. Uh, they got Jesse Hogan's signature at the end of last year, which was sort of the final one we were waiting on. And I think, you know, almost everyone, bar Billy Stretch, perhaps, um, uh, is sort of locked up for the next few years and can't see Billy Stretch going anywhere else either. So, you know, I think it's not just the fact that um, the boys uh, uh, sort of have bonded well together. They seem like a really tight-knit group. Um, success or or the self belief that the um, that the players have got now, I think that they actually do believe um, that good times are around the corner, and that that's obviously also a huge incentive to stay, isn't it, for anyone? Oh, of course. You you know, I think the players can see that the tide is turning, and um, I think they all want to be on board the train um, because good times are ahead. So, um, yeah, looking forward to this week. Um, what, what gives you the, the confidence that we're not going to do another Essendon or even another um, uh, round 22, you know, when we had everything to play for um, in round 22. We were playing for a spot in the finals or the, the prospect of, of playing in the finals and we blew it. Uh, well, hopefully, I mean, well, they are a little bit older than they were then, a little bit more mature. And I think, um, you know, hopefully they would have learnt from that. Um, uh, If the coach thought that maybe they hadn't, then I'm sure it's been impressed upon them during the week. And I would have thought someone like Jordan Lewis uh, would just be, you know, he said it post-game, and I, I think he'd be saying it behind closed doors, yes, we've won one game, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, you know, we need to back up and do it again the week after. So hopefully that combination of a little bit more experience, um, uh, you know, they'll come with the right mindset. If they come with the right mindset, then uh, then they're going to win. And even, you know, there were times in last year's game against Carlton and, and Essendon in both of those losses. I mean, really, we lost by, you know, I think three or four goals on each occasion. Mm. And even late in those games, had we just been able to kick two in a row, you know, we could easily have won those um, while still playing a pretty ordinary brand of football. So, you know, even if we do come out, we're not switched on for the first 20 minutes. I've got faith that they can turn it on now. Um, 
and we'll avoid those pitfalls that we had. Um, and, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I just think um, there's a bit of a different mindset to it all now. Yeah. Well, I hope that there is. Having said that, we've still got a lot of young players um, yes. and a lot of inexperienced players, and there are going to be hiccups. Um, it might not be this week, but, you know, they guarantee they're going to turn in some crappy performances. Um, but you, you've got to expect that from a young and, and inexperienced list, which is what we've got at the moment. Yeah. Um, I, I just... I would love to know what um, I would have loved to have been in the huddle at quarter time to hear exactly what um, what Goody said at um, at quarter time because you know the team just you know in the past and I'm not talking last year I'm talking about in the last ten years that we would have lost that game by a lot and uh, we would never be able to recover from um, from being down like that and whatever he said got them you know, back on track and got them doing exactly what they've been, you know, talking about all year, you know, in the pre-season. And, um, yeah, hats off to, to Goody for being able to get them back. And I think it's, you know, you mentioned Jordan Jordan Lewis before, and I think the fact that um, the fact that we've got him, he's like a, he's definitely like a, having a, a coach on the field, um, you know, a coach playing, playing for us. Um, and I bet you, I guarantee you, um, the reason Hawthorne lost on the weekend was had definitely to do with him not being in the team, um, Mitchell not being in the team, and Hodge not being in the team, because that's three on-field coaches that they didn't have. And um, you, you can't buy that type of, um, you know, experience on the field. Yeah. It's a bit, look, bitter, bitter but optimistic has just responded to my comments by saying we've been young and inexperienced for years. Let's get over that one. And I, look, that I, I get annoyed when I see that because people can only appreciate the view of a supporter. And yes, from a supporter's perspective, we've been stuck in the same bloody spot for 10 years and we've had you know, thousands of kids go through the club and um, they've all been so hopeless they've never got beyond 20 games. But you can't, you know, you can't blame a Christian Petraka for that or a, an Angus Brayshaw for that. They've only been at the club for two or three years and they're not responsible for what happened in 2010 or 2008. Um, you know, the sins of the past... Um, shouldn't be foisted upon them and they're going to take their time to to grow and mature and become, you know, um, properly consistent footballers. And I think people sometimes, they only see it from that... It's only, it's only supporters which have that perspective. Um, no one else views it that way. So, you know, um, you could go up to Christian Petraka and say, you know, we've lost to Carlton 11 of the last 12 times. When are you blokes going to win one? And he's going to say, well, I've only played against them twice. What yeah. do you want from me? Yeah. I'm not responsible for what happened in 2008 when Cale Morton was playing. <laughs> I still I love that Cale Morton video. <laughs> Have you ever seen that video of him running away from one of the... Uh, yes, yes we've all seen that plenty of times. But uh, poor Cale. Cale's the one that cops it the most. He does. Isn't he? He's sort of... He's, he became the, the poster boy for that that lost generation. 
Well, it um, seems every year... Maybe have... something that he, he shared with uh, Jimmy Tumpus a little bit. Too. Yeah, well, it seems every year we have sort of a, a, a poster boy, a whipping boy, if you will, um, on Demonland and... Um, Sometimes it's fair, sometimes it's not. Well, more often it's probably not, and sometimes you've got to give guys a bit of a bit of a chance to sort of blossom. And I think, you know, poor Oscar at the moment's copying it a lot, and um, hopefully with more games under his belt, because get used to it, guys. They're going to play him week in, week out. Um, uh, yeah, hopefully he'll um, he'll hit his strides and um, and get the, and you know and get there. So, I'm conscious that it's uh, it's nine thirty and we're getting on in the night. And I, there's quite a few people in the chat room, which is good to see, and lots of conversation happening. And most of it's above board um, and uh, not designed to beat the senses. But I'm wondering, you know, some of the, some of our listeners might want to call in, and perhaps you know they could uh, ring in on on one of two discussion points that interest me. Um, one of which we talked about before, and that's who is the best young talent at the club? Is it Petraka? Is it Oliver? Uh, is it Jesse? Or is it indeed Angus Brayshaw, as uh, as um, someone suggested? And I think the other topic that's worthy of discussion is uh, who's going to come in this week? Uh, will James Harms, uh, who's spent a bit of time in the back line, will he get a Guernsey? Or will it be someone like Tommy Bug? who's probably been, or certainly was under ruse, probably seemed to be ahead of harms in the pecking order, I would have thought. Yeah, that's that's interesting, guys. If you want to give a call, 03 That's 03 That number's at the top of the uh, page there, that top of the chat. Or you can Skype us at demonland thirty one. Um, yeah, give us a call. Um, the, you know, the, these type of shows are, are really great when you can have a few different voices, um, you know, have it like a conversation. The chat room's great because we've been able to interact with you there. But, uh, yeah, give us a call. Um, it's a chance to speak to your fellow Demonlanders too and perhaps, uh, you know, perhaps in the future we can profile some of the more colourful characters. Yeah, and it would also be interesting to hear how they found Demonland, uh, maybe the story behind uh, their username. Um, always like, always interested in hearing. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear how bitter but optimistic got his avatar. That's you know, is that a picture of himself or did he find that on the internet? Well, BBO posted before that he's not going to call in because people laugh at his high pitched voice. <laughs> And it's sometimes it's difficult to tell with BBO just when he's being uh, just when he's being serious and when he might be taking the urine. But um, he's just commented that at this stage, Clary's the best young prospect for sure. Old man Rivers is in agreement that it's Oliver, uh, and that Oliver uh, he's likening him as others have to Diesel Williams, which I think is a bit early, but. Um, Look, you know, the the sky's the limit with Clayton, isn't it? It's going to be interesting, and we probably won't remember this at the end of the year come Brownlow time, but it'll be interesting to see who got the three votes this week from the umpire um, because I, I, I have a feeling that, um, like, I don't think someone like Maxi probably won't win a Brownlow medal, um, but I would say he'll probably steal votes off some of our midfield. Um, 
just yeah, because he's a colourful character. On the weekend. I didn't put them up on Demon Land this week, but I, I found it difficult to split that top vote between Max and Clary. I think they both had, you know, almost equal impact um, in terms of uh, in terms of sort of getting us back on track. So um, I would have thought it'll be three, you know, three and two to Max and Clary in in one order or another from the umpires. But as you say, we'll have to have to wait until uh, until Brownlow night to see. Oh, and uh, we've got a call at the moment, so I'm uh, going to go ahead and take that one. Um... Hello, you are on the air. Who am I talking to? Hello. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Uh, it's good. It's um, Bobby here from Rockhampton, all the way from Queensland. Oh wow! How how are you tonight? Yeah, not too bad. Are you uh, battening down the hatches? Uh, how far how far is the cyclone away from uh, from Rockhampton, Bobby? Um. Well. We'll see how dark from here, so it was pretty close. Now we're just getting a lot of heavy rain <clears throat> and a few floods around. So you cooped up at home. Have you been? Uh, did you get to watch the match on the weekend, or have you seen a replay since? Yeah, yeah. I watched. I got Fox Footy here up here because there's no bloody AFL coverage up here. It's all rugby league. <clears throat> yep. So, um, what? Um, who? Who is your? Um, who's your? Your? Who do you think is our best? Uh, best talent? Best young talent at the club? It's definitely Hogan for sure. Oh, he's he's pretty special. Yeah, a vote for Jesse. Yeah, a vote for Jesse. Yeah, look, all the on no one has picked. No one has picked to be forty goals in the first season since um, Chris Graham. I'm pretty sure from the Bulldogs. So, Sorry, just say that again, Bobby. Hello. Oh, sorry, Bobby. Yeah, can you just repeat that? We just uh, missed oh, what yeah. you said. It had to be Jesse Hogan for sure because no one's kicked 50, oh, 40 goals in their first season um, since Chris Grant. So he's got to be the best talent easily. So is that is that uh, is that stat um, the AFL wide that no one no one in their first season since Chris Has Grant kicked 40, uh, 40 plus since Chris Grant? So yeah. It's Hogan, then followed by Clary, and then I'd go with Petraka. So Clary so and then Hogan, Petraka. Clary, and then Petraka. Yeah. Yeah, in that order. Yeah. Yep. It's hard Fair to, enough. Hard to split between those uh, three. I think it can go, you know, you can have and, three different and people and three different opinions. Worthy mention's got to be Jaden Hunt, for sure. He's a, he's a beauty. Oh yeah, I, I love uh, Jaden Hunter. You won't get any argument uh, out of me uh, when I found out he was available to be um, for Demon Land to grab as a player sponsor. I took him quickly because, you know, I recognised him as being someone pretty special, and um, he'll um, he'll only get better. Yeah, player sponsor. You should um, get him on the show next week for some time. Well, look, I, if if I can do that i'm going to try i want to see if 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 this show becomes a regular thing which i, I think it will we've had fun tonight uh, I, I hope uh, i hope grapevine had fun too and i'm happy to do this type of format where we uh, you know 
discuss the last match, discuss the next match, look at the injuries, look at who's playing well and any other issues and topics that arise during the week. Um, So we'll probably do this on a weekly basis. And going forward, if we can somehow snag some interviews with some people, um, I might try and call in a few favours to do that. And, yeah, yeah, he'd be a great person to have a chat with. So, yeah, good idea. And um, on the selection, I'd like to say Tommy Bogan for Joe Smith next in line. Ah, uh, oh, Tommy Bug. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I... I'm I'm with I'm with you, Bobby. I'm a bit of a Tommy Bug fan. Um, I think he, you know, I think he works hard. Um, he has his a bit disposal. of not great. He has a bit of mongrel though. Yeah, pretty good. He's got a bit of mongrel, and he can kick a goal too when he goes forward. So, I'd like to see Bug come in, and I've got a feeling he will. Yeah, and I'd be spewing if Neil Ball Neil Ball got dropped on McCannon. They they deserve another chance for sure. Yeah, it's it's an interesting dilemma to have because it's gonna be a case of, you know, players are gonna come back from injury, do they have to earn their spot back into the team or do we have to do the unfortunate thing and, and axe someone who perhaps doesn't deserve to be axed? Is he uh, Bobby, is he um uh, is he a is he a better bet than a fit and firing Kent Neil Bullen? If you had to choose no, between no, one of them, no, you got to have Kent in there. You got you got pace. We need like pace. Yep. So Neil Bullen might be you know maybe not this week, but he yeah, might maybe find the maybe the following week after if Kent is ready to go, I'd say he'd come in for Kent. Oh, come in for Bullen. I mean, yeah. And look, as we said, this is a this is a good dilemma to have. Um, you know, it's better than oh, yeah. ha- it's better than having players play in the team who didn't deserve to get in there. Um, which you know, after the last ten years, we've we've had <laughs> we've experienced that for sure. Yeah. Well, anyways, guys, I gotta go here. Not a problem. Thank you for calling in. You're our uh, first yeah. caller to the show. So in. Uh, <laughs> In there's te- a prize. There's a prize in the mail for you, Bobby. Yeah. Well, you will be a trivia question uh, when when Grapeviney and I become uh, national uh, successes and um, <laughs> and hit the big time. So thank you very much for calling in. Cheers, boys. Good luck with the show. Go days. Thanks, mate. Come back next Good week. Good on you, Bobby. <laughs> Cheers. All right, isn't that great to uh, hear from fellow uh, Demon Landers? Not just fellow Demon fans, but uh, fellow Demon Landers. So uh, thank you, Bobby. Yep. Um, and calling in all the way from Rockhampton, so it's good to know that we're, uh, you know, we're Australia wide. Yes, not just uh, not just broadcasting here in Melbourne, the home of football, but being picked up all around the country too. Well, I was just looking at our stats, our listener stats, and we uh, peaked at having thirty-three uh, listeners, um, which is great. Um, you know, for our first show that uh, only had a, you know, only put it up sort of in the afternoon that we were going to do a live show and you know we'll put this those those 33 listeners there they've got their uh you know they've got the audio out loud in their houses and apartments and all their families are listening (laughs) too so it's actually 33 times four or five so the audience is uh is exponentially greater than that well, it's 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 pretty good actually for our first live show. So what we'll do is when we when we you know once we've finished this off, I'll I'll save the file. I'll put it on the website for other people to listen to, and you know as as we go along, the audience should grow as long as we've got uh, good things to talk about. Um, you know, I, I sort of running Demonland and running the website. I've, I've 
I haven't had a lot of experience in us being successful. Demonland started in 2000, so, and admittedly we had a great year in 2000, but because the site was fairly young and growing, you know, in the first five years, we were just finding our feet. So we didn't, you know, we, we had, it was hard to gauge whether success brought people to the site. Um, but I've always thought that, you know, when we've been crap, like we've been since uh, 2007 pretty much, um, I always thought we get a lot of people coming onto the site because they want to vent. You know, the people are, people are angry, they just want to vent. And uh, we've got another call in again. Uh, so I'll go and take this call and then finish my thought later. Hello, caller. Yeah, caller, you're, you're on the uh, you might want to turn on your radio. A lot of people coming onto the site because they want to vent. You know, the people are Hello? they just want to vent. Yeah, is this the website? Yes, it is. Do you want to just turn off your uh, listening device um, because we can hear we can hear it in the background? <laughs> Thanks, man. Just put you can put the volume down. Hey, you're asking me to do something technically. <laughs> Yeah, guys, if you, when you call in, uh, if you can just turn off uh, or turn down the sound, it's going to confuse you and us. Um, and I think uh, a caller's been able to do that. Uh, hi, you're on the air. Um, who are we talking to? Hello. <laughs> no, looks like we've lost our caller. <laughs> I, th- I think he turned down the volume on the microphone. Um, He's still on the line there. Um, can you hear us? Hello? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll hang up, but g- give us a call back. Um, yeah, if you can... Um, yeah, give us a call back in a, in a few minutes uh, when you get that working. Um, can we, we should just take a moment out to send a oh. congratulations to Karen Paxman of the uh, Melbourne Demons women's team yep. who tied uh, for second place in the best and fairest at the AFLW awards today, Yes, uh, which is a, a huge effort. She had a, a great season and that's a really good result for her, um, yep. runner-up in the be- in the inaugural best and fairest. So good job, Patrick. Yeah, well done. And uh, our caller is back on the line. Hello, can you hear us? I certainly can. Can you hear me, more importantly? Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. You sound good and and not as confusing as when you had the uh, show running in the background uh, at a slight delay. Um, Well, I told you earlier I was a Luddite. Are we talking to BBO? BBO. You're talking to Uncle Bitter. (laughs) Oh, hi. How are you? (laughs) This is a great honour, Uncle Bitter. I thought you were because, as you said, you'd been banned by both of us from Demon Land on previous occasions, so... You were a bit, I uh, thought you might be a bit gun-shy. Oh, no, no, no. I just didn't want to uh, give away. My voice is so well-known that, uh, <laughs> you know, I have to protect my identity. And I must Did say... Did you come down from Romsey on the weekend to watch the game, or you saw it on the telly? No, I did, and I sat with, uh, with some Kilda members in the Accolade Room. At, Where's uh, the Accolade the, Room? Now, the Accolade, accolade Room's very nice, actually. Is is that that isn't the room by any chance that overlooks that um, that little bar area that they've got um, on the second level? Well, the whole area's got plenty of bars in it, which I uh, made good use of. 
No, but there's there's one section sort of in the forward pocket, forward flank that's like a little... No, this is around on the wing. Oh, on the wing. Okay, so it's not the room I'm thinking of. It was the room so where yeah, I, when yeah, uh, went down, I started chanting, Rui's got a... Rui's done an AC, Rui's done an AC, and jigging around. And uh, the St Kilda supporters got quite upset. I can't imagine why. <laughs> Sensitive life. I mean, and you didn't get thrown out, or you didn't get beer thrown on you, or well, it was the end of the security? day. At that, at that stage of the day, my caftan was soaked with alcohol and beer. <laughs> I probably, I probably looked a bit ugly, so they kept away from me. Very good. Have you yeah. got confidence we'll get up this week, Uncle Bitters? Well, I'll tell you what. If if we don't beat Carlton this week after that abysmal showing. Uh, last year, towards the end of last year, then we might as well tear up our bloody tickets and go away. Let's be honest about this. Uh, I'll be interested. I, I don't think we'll make too many changes. We've got two compulsory. Um, I'm not quite sure who's fit enough to come in. I'd like to see Wagner get a go, but I, I'm not sure if he's fit. Um, then again, if Carlton, you know, Carlton could bring in a bit of, uh, could have a tall side, but. Look, if we can't beat them, no matter who put, who they put on the paddock, then we're kidding ourselves. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, if we're on the improve, and uh, you know, a lot of these, a lot of us have listened to and followed Melbourne for X number of years. This is finally it, and uh, I'll give myself a damn good flogging if they don't. <laughs> Well, as long surprise, as you, surprise. As long as you film it uh, for the for the website and we get an exclusive, um, yeah, <laughs> by all no, means. You, you, you fellows wouldn't appreciate it. You're bloody lawyers or something, no. <laughs> no, we, look, you've got to understand. You'd probably sue me or something. No, no, not at all. Uh, you've got to understand, though, you know, we sometimes have to put our foot down as moderators. It's an ugly job. It's a family-friendly side, Uncle Bitters. You should know that. You're an uncle. There are little True. nieces and nephews running around. My niece, you wouldn't want to know my nieces and nephews. Why? Well, I, I, well, I won't go any further on that. But, <laughs> okay. uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm very appreciative of... I actually can't believe that I've, I'm able to communicate with you fellows. I, I can't... I, this, is, this is my most... Uh, complex foray into the world of modern technology. I hope you understand that. Well, there were first, there were first adventure in the twenty first century. <laughs> well, not my first adventure, but my first adventure was technology. <laughs> but uh, thanks, guys. It's been it's it's been really interesting. I tell you, you want some criticism? Yeah, yeah go for it. Uh, you know, as long as it's constructive. <laughs> Uh, well, I'd like to see more direct answering of the chat. There was a lot of interesting comments coming up on the chat. Oh, I thought and we I thought, I thought we did an okay uh, job of um, of keeping. As you went on, as you went on, I thought you improved. But uh, yeah, I, I reckon it should be more interactive. Yeah, look, that's what we've tried to do. Um, that's why I've had the chat room on there rather than having um, you know using the forum and having to refresh the screen. Um, and we will as we go along. Uh, you know, sort of interact with the chat room a bit more, but you've got to understand, you know, because we're sort of talking to each other, it's hard to sort of talk and listen and read the chat as well, but we're, we'll we'll do our best to sort of keep our eyes on it. Here's a bit of feedback for you, Uncle Bitters. Ethan Tremblay says he can hear someone yelling for help from your basement. 
Oh, that's Biffin. He's come up here looking for free alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll actually, I'll get Biffin to try. I'll get Biffin on next week. You're having this show next week? Yeah, like that's the that's the plan. If uh, Grape Viney wants to uh, keep going, I'm happy to do it uh, as a weekly thing, as a, a wrap-up oh, yeah, of last year. Biffin's been thrown out of the gap, so I'll actually, uh, I'll, I'll try and get him if he's uh, in some way technologically enabled to call in. I think that'd be a great addition to your show. You've got a few of the demon land regulars and perverts coming up on the screen too. I can see that. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's a good thing. Uh, uh, we rely on uh, having our uh, demon land perverts perverts uh, frequenting our. Um, our I, know, I know I should be talking footy, but don't you think it's a demon land's a wonderful sight? There's this enormous array of complete weirdos. <laughs> well, that's what you get when you uh, have people. Um, People from. I mean, that's just among the moderational stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. In fact, a lot of the comments that are coming up regarding you, Uncle, uh, probably can't be read out on air, or you know, they're suggestive in many ways. People asking whether you're in, whether you're wearing leather. Um, are you wearing pants? And uh, Palace D says, "Please, no vision." <laughs> That's, that's reasonable. And let them all know that the the tinny is still acting up. <laughs> Very good. Before you sign off, Bitters, who's your uh, who do you think is the most talented out of the young crop? Is it Clary, Jesse, Christian, well, uh, I, I, Angus, I or Jaden? Of that lot, um, I, I really think that Petraka will ultimately. I, ultimately, I think Petraka is a superstar, but. That showing uh, by Clary on on the weekend, I mean, that was just beyond the pool, uh, really. Uh, so y- y- you couldn't help but put him on the top, and hopefully he can continue that. He looks the goods, doesn't he? Oh, that was those those getaway handballs he makes. I, I've not seen a player do that. I, Greg Williams used to do it, but. In Greg Williams' day, the pressure wasn't as, as much as it is now. I, I I couldn't believe what I was seeing some of those handballs of his on the, on Saturday. So I put him at the top at the moment without question. Yep, fair call. Thanks, fair guys. Call. Thank you for calling in. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, listen again next week. We'll be back. And uh, no, I, I, I want to... some sort of a guarantee that I won't get banned for six months. Can you do that for me? Well, if you behave yourself. <laughs> As long then, as you uh, keep your pants on, <laughs> everything should be fine. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. Thanks, mate. Good talking to you, bitters. <laughs> so, there you go. There is a bit of uh, Demonland uh, royalty. Um, he is. He's definitely one of the uh, one of the leading lights on the board, isn't he? Despite uh, the fact that he falls foul of the moderators <laughs> quite regularly. And look, uh, you know, just in defence of our, our the moderators and the moderating staff, um, yeah, you know, sometimes we have to be, you know, we have to be um, tough on people and uh, we don't like to do it. It's not, so, you know, it, these are exciting times and we don't want anyone sort of missing out on, um, you know, discussing um, the the excitement that's, that's ahead of us. Um, so, yeah, 
behave. And I think <laughs> some people wear it as a bit of a badge of honour, though, don't, don't I think they? So. I think, though, Uncle Bitters and his crew, they're, they're sort of, you know, secretly proud of the fact that uh, they've racked up 30-plus warning points and have been banned <laughs> for months on end. Everyone keeps coming back, though, don't they? Yeah, so, look, I, I, I don't, you know, who am I to to ban someone but um you know sometimes we have to pull the pin and um you know if you uh if you toe the line and uh, you'll uh be sticking around to see some exciting stuff and um yeah i was just having a look um just going back to the last game um just quickly i can't remember a game where we had um five players get over 30 possessions um Yep. I, yep. I, it's just it's been a while, I, sometimes it? we wouldn't even have any players get thirty possessions, uh, let alone five. So the um, other good thing from the weekend was there was a huge spread of goal kickers again. I think we had eleven, I think ten or eleven players kick goals, one, two, and we, that happened quite quite regularly last year. Twelve and, goal kickers. Uh, that's just great, isn't it? When you know you can have someone like Jesse and not be reliant on him to kick a winning score. And we've seen on a few occasions that, you know, against Geelong in uh, in 215 and Hawthorne again last year that we can play really good footy when Jesse's not in the side. Yep. Um, but the other thing that stood out on the weekend again, and we saw a bit of it last year, we can kick really accurate scores. And that's not just because of good luck um, or great goal kicking, but we're getting the ball into positions inside 50 where it's easy to convert. So we're having shots from 20 or 30 out straight in front rather than being, you know, 40 metres out and stuck on a boundary line. And there's been a lot of over-the-top, you know, Joe the Goose goals and uh, the likes of Jeffy Garlett running onto those long bombs into, you know, a Pagan's Paddock-style yeah, setup. Yeah. And that's, that's how you end up kicking, you know, I think we were, you know, 10 goals four at one stage on the weekend. Mm. That's how you get those sorts of score lines. It's not luck. Yeah. It's uh, getting the ball into a good position inside 50 where you've got a much greater chance of uh, converting, don't you? Yeah, well, we sort of... Uh, well, you have a look at Jeffy Garlett. He had a pretty quiet day on the possessions front and still kicked three goals and, you know, therefore was a valuable contributor to the team. And uh, I'll take that every week, him having nine possessions and kicking three goals. I'll take that any day of the week. Um, and... Yeah, if you the way you, what you were talking about before with the getting the goals, um, sort of getting them up close. If a couple of our first uh, JLT games, we scored quite a few game, goals on the goal line. Just you know, handballs, short kicks, quick you know, quick handball over the top in the goal square, and someone kicking a goal. I think you know they were quite happy to share it around. So um, yeah. Yeah, Clint, Clint Biscuit has just asked the question, what percentage of Garlett's goals at Melbourne's have been kicked from the goal line? And he's asked whether it's 70%. I don't know, but um, I don't care. Like it'd, be, it'd be really high, wouldn't it? Yeah. He's had a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of, those, a lot of those types of goals. But so If he does that and kicks three, yeah, I don't care. Um, Clint Biscuit, 
uh, Clint Biscuit uh, did say that Melbourne had the most possessions of any team in the round, and I've actually got a stat on that. Um, it says here, Melbourne continued on from 2016 recording 454 disposals in round one. The Demons recorded 400-plus disposals in 11 home-and-away games last season, which was second only to the Bulldogs, um, right. yeah, who, who did go. that in 16 uh, games. So Melbourne scored a massive... Um, this is nine. We were also the highest, um, uh, for, if you're a fantasy football um, follower, uh, we were the highest scoring team, um, fantasy football all up. Um, we were 19 what a turnaround and, uh, from a few years ago, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, in the Neil days, we hardly ever got our hands on the footy. Yeah. So to now be leading the competition and... You know, I think we saw a bit in the jail too, but any uh, number of passengers, passages of play against St Kilda where we just dominated possession for, for you know, minutes at a time. And they wouldn't kick, you know, if, uh, if all options were covered up forward. We are just quite happy to kick the ball around through the middle of the ground or across at the half-back line and wait until something opened up. Yeah. Exciting times ahead, um, I think. So, um, yes, good stuff to look. Good stuff to look forward to. Um, and uh, one last thing we might talk about is, um, you know, there's there's a thread on Demonland um, about when will Melbourne break these embarrassing records, and uh, you know, sort of, well, one and a half of those records fell on the weekend. Um, the Hoodoo against St Kilda, finally, we, uh, we beat them. And the other one I sort of alluded to before that I don't count the GWS uh, win at uh, Etihad Stadium as breaking of the hoodoo, um, but I, I, fe- I feel that this was our um, a breaking of the hoodoo. And so talking about hoodoos that remain, which uh, well, we can talk about now, there are... A couple still to go that we need to knock North, off this year. North Melbourne yep. must be one of them, I'm guessing. So our last win against North Melbourne was round 5, 2006. That's a 14-game losing streak. So we really need to put that to bed this year. Do you know when we play them? I don't, uh, although I've got the fixture. Uh, I've got the fixture at hand here. We've uh, got them in round 9. Mm-hmm. Um at the MCG, it's a Beautiful. home game at 3.20 on the Sunday. We don't often play them at the G. We, must it's been a while with... since we played them at the G. So it would be nice to get them uh, out on the G. Um, um, another... But I know we don't have a great record against Carlton, but I still remember, you know, so I don't consider it really a hoodoo because mm. uh, we beat them in that round five game in, uh, in Ruzi's first year, 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a small victory where Cam Peterson kicked a freak goal yep. um, uh, in the final quarter from the boundary line, which just sort of snuck in and helped us get the win there. So I don't consider Carlton really to be a hoodoo, no, and I, no. don't, I don't think we're going to have any trouble knocking them off this week. Uh, another of our hoodoos this year uh, that we need to knock off is a win in Perth. Um, our last win there was round one, 2004, and that's a 12-game losing streak yeah well they should have knocked that off last yeah, year because we we, we, we kicked had, ourselves out uh, we had them on toast last year didn't we and yeah we, 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 we just kicked, fluffed it we kicked ourselves out of that game um didn't didn't but, kick those goals 
All right, no, then, that's right. And then the remaining hoodoos are all got to do with uh, playing in the finals, which uh, it's probably a bit too early to start talking about breaking those hoodoos. But uh, just for the record, um, last final we played was uh, in 2006 against a semi-final against Fremantle, and that's an eight-year drought. Um, our last win in a final. Uh, was that same year, the elimination final against St Kilda, which was actually, incidentally, the last time we beat St Kilda prior to um, this week, and that's an eight-year drought as well. Um, the minor premiership, um, 1964, that's 50-plus 50 uh, 50 years. And also, well, we've never, our other hoodoo is we've never won a final outside of Victoria. We've only played two games, but uh, for two losses. Uh, one of them, one of them was the '94 preliminary against the Weagles. Yes, so where we got thumped. Yes, were well, we meant to play them in we Perth? Meant to play them in, uh, we should have played them in Melbourne. Well, I believe no. Well, we, they were the higher ranked team, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, no, well, that's right. But, we're meant to play North, weren't we? Uh, and they made us. Uh, no, uh, I, I don't know. No. My memory is a bit hazy from, you know, there's been a, a lot of years and a lot of abuse um, to the old noggin in, in those years that have passed. But it was my understanding, and someone in the chat room might might uh, fill us in, but I thought that they were, I think, the higher rank team at the time. So if we were going by today's standard, it would be their home game. But in those days, there was no real rule about and I think they just gave them a home game, I believe. I'm not sure. I think they pulled that one out of their asses, the AFL. Um, I don't know. Maybe well, someone I, can set us I've worked out. Uh, I've worked out that quite possibly our premiership hoodoo isn't as long as it seems to be. If the AFL moves to a twilight or a night grand final this year, which by all reports they're going to announce uh, very soon, then... Well, we've won a night premiership more recently than 1964. Uh, of course, we won in 87 and 89. So, Do they really, really count? Uh, sorry? Do they really count, though? Uh, they do semantically, but um, <laughs> probably only in that sense. Um, so you can play the word games, but uh, of course it's uh, not since 1964 that we've run the real thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, and well, and I, Special Robert has just posted that he was there in 64. So what, uh, you know, what a thrill that must have been and what a heart stopper that must have been because, of course, that was a very close game where Ray Gabalik of the Magpies put them in front very late, uh, went on a, a huge run bouncing the ball down the ground and put Collingwood in front and then, of course, it was uh, Foggy Crompton who kicked the winning goal for Melbourne after drifting down from the back pocket and breaking Norm Smith's team rules to kick the winning goal. Well, talking about back pockets or back backmen, we didn't actually talk about this guy, um, and you know, um, but Neville Jetta. Prior to uh, to this, you know, the start of the year, there were. I don't know. It seemed there were some question marks over whether he was going to appear in the plans of uh, Goody's plans for the year. Um, he didn't play any of the JLT. I think he was injured, but 
a lot of people were sort of questioning whether he was injured or whether they weren't playing him. And yep. yeah, people were thinking, is he part of our thing? And I think he certainly put to rest um, any question of whether he is um, is part of our our best twenty two. And I would say he'd be one, almost one of the first people picked. Look, he played a fantastic game on the weekend, didn't he? He yeah. was he just did so many of those solid defensive acts, took some really good marks, um, and was there to sort of save the day on a few occasions and really played the type of game that that uh, uh, that we've sort of come to expect, I guess, from Jets and he was probably a bit unlucky to be sort of caught up in that speculation pre season of would he get a game or wouldn't he? But um, I think there were valid reasons why people sort of raised that issue, and I don't think it was done in a way that was negative of uh, of Nev, but more just a prediction that the, or not prediction, but um, knowledge that the football department rates Joel Smith very, very highly, and that some maybe thought that Joel would go to replace Nev in the 22. So... Um, you know, I think that's where that sort of stemmed from. But if there were any doubts, uh, as as Bitters has just commented here, no more questions after his game against the, the Saints. You know, if anyone had any doubt as to whether he was still, you know, best 22 or playing good footy, he absolutely put them to rest on the weekend because he, he played a great game. And I, for me, uh, he I would have almost given him votes in the... In the Demon Land voting, probably would have snuck in for one. I thought his game was just just great. Oh yeah, most most definitely. Um, I wasn't going to go back to the um, to the game because we'd sort of moved on. But I, I just sort of t- I saw some a stat and I saw his name there and I thought, yeah, he was someone I wanted to talk about, particularly in light of um, the preseason talk about him. And I thought uh, that his name needed to be brought up in relation to you know the yep. game that he played. So, um, played, a, played a ripper, absolutely. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I think, uh, I think we've uh, discussed everything um, to do with uh, the game on the weekend and the game coming up this weekend. Is there anything else that... Um, well, we could, we could talk all night, couldn't we? But, oh, definitely. Uh, we want to, it's, uh, uh, it's getting late um, and some of our, uh, you know, some of our listeners and followers probably want to hit the hay. We've got work tomorrow. We've got a, a big day on Demon Land tomorrow. Yeah, so, yeah, well, that's why we spend most of our day on uh, Demon Land. Uh, I, I think I should be paying some of these guys uh, who produce uh, content for, for me uh, all day. So, um, yeah. Um, thank you, guys, uh, for listening. Uh, for the people who are going to be listening to this on the uh, replay, uh, on repeat, um, if you want to find us live, we'll um, we'll either be on on a Tuesday or Wednesday. I'll I'll speak with Grapeviney and see what day sort of suits uh, the two of us. But probably at a similar time, similar place. Uh, Demonland.com is where you can find us. Uh, the podcast will be at Demonland.com/slash/podcast. Uh, you can find us there. Um, Great Viney, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, do you have any Twitter you want to plug or anything like that? Uh, no, 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 no <laughs> okay. all that. Uh, keep all that private. Okay. I do want to say thank you, though, to our two callers this week. Yes. Uh, Bobby Clark, who called in from up in Rockhampton, 
and of course Uncle Bitters uh, calling in from his uh, notorious uh, den of iniquity <laughs> in Romsey. Uh, but it was it was uh, sincerely it was good to have them on the show and uh, good to have people in the chat room and hopefully we get some more calls next week too. Yes, because uh, that's what it's all about. We want to talk, uh, we want to interact with you guys. We've got the chat room that we'll have live while we're on the show. I'm not going to keep the chat room live when we're uh, when the show's not on, but definitely when the show's on, we'll have the, ch- the live chat going um, and we've got those calls because we want to have the interaction with you guys. Um, you know, we're all barrack for the same club and it's great. You know, often in our lives, we don't have the people, uh, you know, to talk about it, our wives, partners, whatever, you know, don't want to hear us, you know, ramble on about uh, the Ds all the time. So it's good to talk with like-minded uh, people. So, uh, yeah, give us a call next week. Um, hopefully we can discuss another win. Um, so without further ado, let's play this. Are you, uh, you going to play the theme music oh, to yeah, see us out? Of course I am. Uh, well, without further ado... This Come is on, a, demons. This is a classic from 1989 Yeah. Football machine to take us to the top. 